Hello and welcome to the Slow Down and Thrive podcast. I'm your host, Kim Stark, and this podcast is all about how we can move at a more natural, less busy pace so we can have beautiful, calm and abundant lives. Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's episode. Thanks for joining me. I hope you're having a really great week so far. I wanted to let you guys know that finally my website is up and running. It's very exciting. So when I started the podcast, I was like, yep, I'll I'll do the branding and the website and get all that running. And then it just didn't feel right to do at that time. So this was October last year. And then it was probably, I think, around February, I was like, found the perfect person, right? Because a lot of it was also trying to find the right people. So I found a wonderful woman in Canada called Carolyn Dolmans. And together, we've been working on the website for the last four months. So of course, these things always take longer than you think they will. But I'm really happy. Like I've been just really enjoying the process and taking my time because that's what I do. I'm the slow down lady. So it's definitely just been at my own pace and working with beautiful collaborators. And it just so happens that the website went live today as I'm recording this. So I thought I would include that in this episode. And you can check that out at kimstark.com.au. There you can read about my journey. You can also have a look at the coaching page and check out the coaching sessions that I offer. And I'm also working on a money mindset course, which I'm really excited about. It's really fun. I love working with people and their money mindset. It's something that was such a huge value to my life. And the people that I've helped, I've really seen them go through changes and actually change the way that they're attracting money. So I'm really excited to launch that course. I'm still working on it. So you can go in and have a look at some of the things that will be in that course. And you can also sign up to my newsletter so that when the course is ready, you can be the first to be notified. And you might also have noticed that there's new podcast artwork. So if you're listening to this on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you'll also notice there's a new little icon. So that was also part of this process and was really fun to sort of see that go up. So yeah, very exciting. Finally, website. Woo! So today I feel really called to talk about Michael Singer's book, The Untethered Soul. So I know heaps of people who are reading it at the moment, and I just love Michael Singer's work. And in fact, I've been reading The Untethered Soul for seven years now. I worked out the other day. So I started it way back when I wasn't even really aware of what my thoughts were doing. And his book was really instrumental in kind of changing the way I operated. And I would pick that book up like at least once or twice a year, read a bit more, put it back down. And it was always at the perfect place in terms of like when I would pick the book up again and whatever I would read would just be perfect for wherever I was at that particular point in my life. So sometimes I can judge myself for not finishing books straight away. I think I have about 10 books on the go, but that's just kind of how it works with me. I just read things when I need to read them and when they're perfect for me. And that may not involve reading them from front to back straight away. So I've just finished Untethered Soul seven years, (laughs) which may sound crazy to some people, but it's just been a beautiful journey uh, of how much I've grown. And every time I go back into the book and read a bit more, my understandings are just so much more advanced to where I was that I think I just get more out of it every time I go back in. So I think if I had read it way back when, seven years ago, I don't, I think a lot of it would have gone over my head. And so I've just really appreciated having that book with me the last seven years and dipping in and out of it and really just appreciating how much sense it makes to me. So this is why I just wanted to do a recap episode for you guys, because if you haven't read The Untethered Soul, this might be handy just to get an idea of some of the lessons that he's talking about in it. 
And if you have read it, maybe it's been a while and this would just be a nice reminder because that's what I love about these kind of teachings, especially something like Eckhart Tolle as well. It's like you can keep going back, keep reading the same thing and you'll get something different out of it every time. And these are the kind of things that we need reminding about all the time. So who is Michael Singer? Well, I was thinking about this. It might be best to even just do a really mini recap of his other book that he wrote, The Surrender Experiment, which I also loved. So that book is kind of almost like a mini little biography where he's talking about his 40-year journey working with this work and how he discovered it and how it came about and how the things in his life kind of occurred. But the book is also trying to show people how he works. So his main thing is he tries not to have preferences in his life. So the surrender part comes from accepting whatever it is that comes into his life and basically saying yes. So he kind of consciously chose to do this. And so the surrender experiment is all about saying yes. So he's an interesting guy. He started meditating and had quite a few sort of mini awakenings through meditation and decided that he basically just wanted to be in the forest and meditate. So he bought this beautiful piece of land and he just wanted to meditate and basically stuff just kept happening to him. And because he had agreed to himself to say yes, he just went with it. And one of the funniest things that I found about saying yes is kind of at this point of the journey, he had started giving talks on Sundays and people would just come and join him on his property. And they built this kind of place that they call the temple of the universe, which is still there now, I do believe. And more and more people came and wanted to hear him talk. And so there were already a few buildings kind of being built on this property. And then he went away to a yoga retreat in California. And then when he came back, this woman had built a house like a little, you know, like probably a tiny home sort of structure on his property without asking. And it was just like, hey. And he was like, uh, hello, <laughs> what are you doing? She's like, yeah, I'm just, I'm going to stay here. And he said, yes. He's like, well, I guess this is what's happening, right? This is live, which is hard for me to wrap my head around because I would have been like, uh, no, you can't just build your house on my property. But anyway, he said yes, and they ended up having a child together. And there's just lots of really interesting examples of how this plays out in his life. He even gets into computer coding in the 80s and actually ends up growing this like multi-billion dollar company doing kind of a back-end medical form kind of coding work. So yeah, it's really fascinating to kind of see where he goes over 40 years. And it's nice to kind of see manifestations play out over 40 years. There's a lot of examples of things that manifest in his life. Because often when we're seeing manifestations, they're either, you know, a couple of weeks or a couple of months, maybe a year or two. But to see that sort of time scale of 40 years is really interesting. So he has these beautiful teachings and he does these talks every Sunday. And then he wrote The Untethered Soul, which is probably his main book that everyone knows, mostly through Oprah. Thanks, Oprah. So he definitely blew up after she had him on her show. So remember the first lesson that I sort of really learned from this book, and I have mentioned it on the podcast before, and it's something that I just even now continually refer back to. So this idea that we are not the ones in the movie. So he kind of talks about this idea of imagine you're in a cinema watching a movie. And sometimes we get so enthralled in the movie that we forget that we're the ones sitting in the chair watching the movie and we become, it's like we become the movie. And he said, that's what happens with our thoughts and the events that are happening in our life is that we become so attached to them and so enmeshed in what's going on that we forget that we're actually the observer. And it's that ability to sit back and actually observe our thoughts, observe our feelings, observe what's going on in our lives and be able to sit back and just witness it. And he talks about how if you were to really like listen to your thoughts, a lot of them are just crazy. 
<laughs> he kind of goes, imagine if that was your friend talking to you like your brain talks to you. You'd think they're crazy and yet that's what's going on inside of us all the time. And I remember when I read that, my mind got really upset. I was like really agitated at the time. This was seven years ago. And I was like, what? Because it was like I was still identified with my mind. And so I thought all the thoughts in my mind were mine. And so it was getting offended. It was like the ego was like arcing up being like, hey, wait. (laughs) And then I slowly really started to watch my thoughts. And I was like, wow, okay. And that really dawned on me through reading this book that I am not my thoughts. And that is such a massive thing to learn. Like that has been the biggest game changer, I would say. Well, big call. I mean, there's been a few, but that definitely one of them is that ability to watch your thoughts and not identify with them all the time, to not believe everything that your mind is telling you. I think this is such an important skill when you're running your own business because there's so much fear involved. There's so much like fear of rejection and fear of money and scarcity of money, fear of doing scary things like approaching people to you know, buy your product or to take you up in your service or whatever it is. There's lots of scary things. And so if we're constantly just believing our thoughts... It becomes such a stressful thing. And so for me, being able to sit back and just be like, oh, look at that. That's what my mind is thinking. And I'm scared about that. And it's fearing about that. And it's worrying about that future thing. And it's thinking about that past thing. You know, that's what our minds do is it's constantly trying to either think about the future and like avoid things that we don't want. And it's thinking about the past and being like, okay, well, that bad thing happened in the past. How do I avoid that in the future? And I guess this takes me to the next beautiful point that Michael talks about is this behavioral thing we humans have of trying to control our environment and trying to control people so that we're experiencing the things that we like and we're avoiding the things we don't like. So he calls this preferences, right? We always have, we have these desires, we have these preferences. And so much of our life is built around trying to only have the things that we like and then avoiding anything that is bad or makes us upset or we just think is opposite to what we want. And he says that's where a lot of our suffering comes from, is this trying to control everything, trying to make sure that people behave how we need them to behave in order to feel okay. And one of his favorite things is referencing the fact that we are sitting on a big pile of dirt that's spinning through nothingness in space And he's like, so what are you getting all concerned and huffed and puffed about? (laughs) And I think he says that in terms of like creating that distance, right? It's that stepping back and being like, oh, actually nothing huge is actually going on. We're just in this crazy place of being on this earth and we don't even know why we're here. And he almost has a kind of separate idea in terms of create your own reality. He's almost kind of going, we have no control over the events that happen in our world. Things just happen. He's like, things are just happening. And so you either get to like them, dislike them, but at the end of the day, you're the one creating all the emotions inside of you. So he's like, you're not feeling love because you found this really like hot person that you're really attracted to. He's like, they're not creating that love feeling inside of you. You are creating that love feeling. So you can create that at any time. You don't need that person. You don't need the event. You don't need the job promotion. You don't need the business to be amazingly successful in order to feel love and joy and peace and excitement, whatever it is the emotion is inside. And I find that concept really interesting because it's true. It's like we do create all of our own emotions. And obviously, it's so much easier to create emotion when there's something outside of ourselves creating it, like someone that we love. 
it's easier to feel that loving feeling when you're directing that loving feeling at someone and then receiving it back. But at the end of the day, we're still the only ones feeling it inside of us. So then he talks about if you're creating joy inside of yourself, why not create it all the time? And this is kind of where it gets real ninja level in terms of he thinks no matter what's happening to you, don't let your mind tell you whether it's good or bad. It's just an experience and you get to create joy, even if you're witnessing something that's really crappy. Now, obviously, that takes a lot. and <laughs> It takes a lot of uh, lack of attachment to events and things happening. And yet he says even bad experiences are still experiences and we are souls in these human bodies here to experience life. So why do we label some things good, some things bad? Like you might love a good rainy day and yet somebody else might be getting married that day and hating the fact that it's raining. So there, it's the same event, but we have different preferences about it. So instead of labeling something good or bad, can we just be like, oh, it's raining and I get to choose inside of myself how I feel. And again, it's that stepping back. It's that stepping back and seeing it and then we get to choose, how am I going to feel about this? How am I going to react to this event? And I was thinking about as I was reading a certain section of the book, and I was thinking about this in terms of how is this not spiritual bypassing, right? So spiritual bypassing is that thing where we kind of ignore the bad stuff that's going on and we're not really addressing or dealing with it. And we're just kind of going, oh, it's fine, love and light, like everything is as it is, you know, oh, well, it is what it is kind of thing. And I think the difference is, is Michael still talks about letting everything be felt. So I think spiritual bypassing is often when we ignore that we're having a reaction to something. While Michael kind of talks about allowing that reaction to happen, but not buying into the drama of it, not getting stuck on it. So he talks about consciousness in terms of everything's flowing through us, right? Like events and people and places and things we're seeing, it's constantly flowing through us. But what happens when our attention focuses on something, it stops that thing. So he says that consciousness kind of stops it. So for example, if you're walking down the street and you're just seeing all these people going by, you're not really noticing them too much. But then you might notice someone in a red t-shirt and say, for example, you got attacked by someone with a red t-shirt, your brain is going to be hyper fixated on people wearing a red t-shirt and you'll stop and be like aware of them. And, you know, you might start to get trigger feelings like fear and, oh my God, are they going to attack me? That kind of thing. Versus someone else who hasn't had that experience, the person in the red t-shirt is just going to become more information that just passes through us. So he's talking about when we start to focus on things and we we stop our attention and our consciousness on them, that's when they start to stay in store in the body. They form these kind of triggers. And what he says we should do is to allow everything to just keep moving, to allow it to pass through us. So say if something happens, like someone cuts you off in traffic, makes you really angry, it's like rather than just ignoring and being like, oh, that's fine, I don't care that someone cut me off, it's like actually to just allow that anger but to allow it to move through us without getting stuck in the story, without allowing the mind to be like, oh, my God, I can't believe they did that, what an idiot driver, and all the thoughts. It's like just stepping back and being like, oh, look at that, I'm really upset about that thing and I'm allowing it to move through my body. And then most emotions move through within like a couple of minutes, right? It's only when we're stuck on the thoughts and the story that the emotions start looping and the emotions get stuck energetically in our body. So I've definitely been practicing this one the last few weeks of just when things do pop up that I get a really strong emotional feeling about is I'm really trying to stay back and not get too involved in the story, but allow my body to have that emotion. 
So he does talk about it's okay to deal with the thing. Like say if someone crosses your boundaries, allow yourself to have the emotional reaction. And he said it's okay to deal with the fact that someone's crossed your boundaries, but we can still choose to have an open heart about it. So this is the other thing he talks about is he talks about staying open. So keeping your heart open because he says what happens when things happen that create an emotion like anger, fear, grief, we shut our heart down. We get caught up in what's happening and we close off. So he talks about no matter what happens in terms of events and things happening in your life is you keep your heart open. And that's really hard. Obviously, we're taught to protect ourselves. And I've been practicing in the last little while of when things happen of trying to keep my heart open. And it's super hard because then it really brings those emotions up at a really strong level. And so he does talk about there's not being an easy path because you have to be willing to sit in those emotions. And again, that's been another really instrumental thing in all I've learned in business and how to deal with stress in my business is allowing my emotions to be felt and to actually recognize and address them. And then that next step of actually keeping your heart open while you're feeling all of that. So I've learned rather than pretending that I'm not scared about something or that something's upset me to actually just really let it burn through my body. Let it move in and let it move out because the more we try to suppress our emotions, the more they get stuck in our body, the more they become triggers for other things and they kind of get piled on, right? Like so whenever you get angry, it piles on top of the other times you got angry. And so often when we get triggered, we're not just triggered in that event that's happening right now in the moment. It's triggering all the other events that have happened. And so sometimes that's why people can really blow up as something that isn't really correlating to what's actually happening. And that's because they've been triggered with all the other stuff that they've got going on. So Michael talks about clearing out those emotions, allowing those things to be felt. The great way that he puts it in The Untethered Soul is he's like, imagine if you had a rose thorn stuck in your arm and it's like, ow, it's really painful. And instead of just pulling the thorn out, which might be, you know, a bit scary and a bit sore, what we do is we build these protection mechanisms around that thorn so that no one else can touch it. And we move through our lives going, oh, ah, don't touch that. Don't, nope, don't touch my thorn. You know, it might hurt if you touch it. And that's what we do with things that we don't want to address rather than actually just addressing the emotional pain. We do all these crazy things to protect it like, oh, no, you can't talk about that with Gary. That, that you know, incident is off limits. We don't talk about that around him. You know, <laughs> we have all these weird things that we do. And I really love that example of like trying to protect the thorn rather than just taking it out. And so it can be painful exposing some of these things inside of us, but it's so much better to let them be felt so that they're no longer causing us issues in our body. And I'm definitely noticing that in terms of like the built up stress I've had over the last 10 years of running business is that it still will come up. You know, something that I'm doing now will trigger it. And so I'm doing my best to just feel everything as it comes up because I know it's not really to do with the current stress, which is very small. I don't have a lot of stress in my business, but it's because it's triggering past stress. And so I allow myself to just be like, oh, I'm actually just going to really feel that because it's almost, it's stored. I can feel how it's stored in my body and I want it to come up and out. And something that Brooke Castillo says is like, if you think about emotions, it's like, yes, they're painful, but they're not going to kill you. And we do so much sometimes to avoid feeling something because we're so scared of the feeling and yet it's not anything that's going to hurt us, right? Like it might be like I get chest palpitations, my stomach clenches, I get really like, you know, scared and it's uncomfortable, but you're not going to die from it. And so she says, if that's the case, 
what would you do if you knew you weren't fearful of any emotion? Like what actions would you take in your business if you weren't scared to feel the fear of rejection or feel the you know shame or failure that comes up if you do take an action that doesn't work out? If you weren't afraid of that, then you wouldn't be afraid of taking any action. And that ties back into what Michael says about not having preferences, not labeling something as good or bad. So if you're afraid to reach out to someone in your business, you're avoiding taking that step that might actually help your business. You're avoiding taking that step because you're afraid of the fear of rejection or you're afraid of the feeling you're going to feel with the outcome that your mind is coming up with, which isn't even true, by the way, because it's a future thought. You don't know what the future is going to bring. So we're imagining what's going to happen and we're trying to avoid a feeling that we think we might get. And so therefore, we don't take that step because we've labeled that feeling as bad. But what if you weren't afraid to feel the feelings? And what if you were to just allow them to flow through your body? Which then brings me to the next thing that I struggled with when I read this in The Untethered Soul. There's a chapter about death and how much it can teach us in life. And at first I kind of, I think I was feeling resistant because I don't like that idea of live life as if you're going to die tomorrow because that just induces like this sense of panic and this sense of I have to do all the things, you know. And I thought at first maybe that's what he was saying. He was like, you know, how would you live your life if you knew you had a week left? But then he wrote this sentence going, you know, a lot of people would kind of just bring up all their desires, right? Like, oh, I desire to do this and I desire to do that. And so then they end up just trying to cram everything in, right? Which is what I was kind of thinking he was saying. But no, what he meant was, imagine if you walked outside and you knew it was going to be the last time that you felt sun in your face. Like, wouldn't you want to just absolutely savor that experience and really like feel it all the way through your body and just appreciate and love it? I know I would. And so he says it changes your experience of that moment. What if you knew that this person in front of you that you're talking to is going to be the last human that you talk to? How would that change your experience? Would you just like just love and experience that in a different way? And so I really started to get as I kind of thought about this going, oh, what if this was the last time I did that? Or what if this is the last time I saw that? And what it brings out in me is this sense of love and gratitude and just really being in the present moment with that thing, whether it's the sun on the face or talking to someone. And so he then goes, well, why don't we experience life like that in every moment, even if we have another 60 years on this planet? Imagine if you went through life really appreciating every little thing like that, being in the present moment. And so that idea of death, I can kind of get on board with. It's actually been really lovely the last week kind of thinking about that because it means you take things less for granted. So it doesn't mean I'm necessarily going out being like, I need to achieve more. Oh my God, I might die. Because that's not kind of where I come at with life. It's more about how can I really sink into this present moment and really appreciate everything that's here, right here, right now. And that also makes me kind of appreciate even the more challenging experiences. How lucky are we that we get to be in these bodies, living these lives, and we get to experience things like sun on our face. We get to experience what it's like to have a really fun conversation with a friend. And yes, we even get to experience the crappy things in life. Michael was talking about in terms of like, you don't want all your food to be sweet. (laughs) You want the spicy things as well. You want the pepper in your food. He's like, so why would we want life to be like that where it's just amazing experience after amazing experience? It's like we want, our souls want that variety. Our souls love that contrast. And we're the ones that sort of battle and resist things and and label them and be like, ah, shit, it's crappy. And that's where our suffering comes from is resisting things. And coming back to that idea of feeling joy in every moment, he talks about getting to choose to be happy 
in every moment, regardless of what's going on. And he talks about, he's like, even if your husband leaves you or you have a car accident, it's like you get to choose to be happy in that moment because here you are in a human body on this pile of dirt spinning through space, getting to at least experience that. Now, I know that I call that ninja level spirituality, right? I'm not there by any means. I definitely have preferences, definitely have desires. I definitely think, you know, oh, this is a crappy thing when crappy things happen. But it's something I'm working towards where I really can truly appreciate everything that happens in my life. And I always love and appreciate the bad things in life in hindsight because I know that they always lead me to something good. So I've definitely gotten to that point in my life where I'm okay with bad things happening because I know they lead somewhere good. And that might take me an hour to get to, or it might take me a day or a week. And so I guess I'm working towards where I can feel that love and heart expansion no matter what's going on in my life. And that's definitely going to help our nervous systems, right? In terms of stress and running our business, if we can get to that point where we're allowing all our emotions to fall through our body, we're not sort of grabbing onto them and keeping them stuck in our body. We're not running around trying to control every little aspect of our life so that we have only good things in our life and ignore or completely miss the bad things and that we're appreciating all the experiences in our lives and that, yes, we are the ones creating all of our emotions. So we get to choose what we're feeling. And of course, very importantly, watching your thoughts, being aware of what the thoughts are thinking, because obviously thoughts create feelings as well. So obviously there's a lot more in the book, but they're just the things that really popped out for me and have been really instrumental in helping me over the last seven years and even just the last couple of weeks of reading a lot of Michael Singer and listening to a lot of his talks. And that's definitely how I grow. I grow through reading other people's experiences and hearing their opinions about things and how they think the world works. And I really resonate with people like Michael and he's been instrumental in my spiritual growth. And how I've grown spiritually has a massive effect on how I show up in my business and how I get to then have a better life through not being so stressed out. And of course, then that means I attract experiences in that actually are really lovely. And I'm learning not how to be afraid of those things that aren't so lovely. So if you're a fan of Michael Singer, I'd love to hear your thoughts. You can send me an email, hello at kimstark.com.au or over on Instagram at slowdownandthrive. And if you've never heard of Michael Singer and some of these ideas sound interesting to you, I highly recommend reading The Untethered Soul and then The Surrender Experiment is a lot of fun as well. I'll also put a link to where he puts up weekly chats. So he's still doing his chats. They're about 45 minutes long. So I'll put up a link so you can listen to him if you're more of an audio person. And we'd also love to hear how you're going with implementing these kind of concepts into your life. So thanks, guys. Thanks for listening as always. I hope you enjoy the rest of your day and I look forward to catching you guys real soon on the next episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you liked what you heard, please follow or subscribe to the show so you don't miss an episode and join me over on Instagram at slowdownandthrive for more daily tips and messages. 